Welcome to another episode of a Latter-day Family Podcast. I'm Todd Michael. I'm Amber Michael. And if that surprised you, you need to go back and listen to last week's episode. Speaking of which, it's been very enjoyable trolling and knowing that some of you know who we are and most of the folks on Twitter don't. (laughs) So, uh, and thank you to those of you who have reached out and let us know that you know. It's pretty funny. (laughs) And if you have not done so, I think we've only heard from probably about a third or so of our yeah. total listeners. If you've not done so, let us know who you are, who who is listening. If you also are on Twitter, that is. Especially uh, if you like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I, not if you hate it. <laughs> I don't mind hearing from the haters. You can send them to him. Then. Yeah, send me the hate mail. <laughs> send the positive to both of us or just to Amber. <laughs> Anyway, at Latter-day Doofus, at Latter-day Snark on Twitter. (laughs) Today we are continuing our Letting God Prevail series. And today we're talking specifically about God being a God of miracles. And to start off, I would like to read a little from 1 Nephi. This is what I see as the pattern of how to not get in the way of the miracles the Lord wants to give you. So there's of course no way that you can take credit for miracles or act like, well, I received those because I did X, Y, and Z. But I do think that there's a pattern for inviting miracles into your life and for not getting in the way, not ruining it. And we're going to kind of pick that apart once I read these verses. Mm -hmm. Also, as a quick side note, our seven month old had to get a bunch of shots today and he's pretty cranky. And he's with us. So um, we've already done like three takes yes. and he started screaming. So if things get a little tumultuous or a little crazy, we're sorry, but it is yeah, what it is. It. It's a Latter-day Family podcast, people. <laughs> that means you get the whole kit and caboodle. Okay. First Nephi 17 verses 8 through 10. And it came to pass that the Lord spake unto me, saying, Thou shalt construct a ship after the manner which I shall show thee, that I may carry thy people across these waters. So first he gains an understanding of what his righteous desire should be, what his end goal is. And I said, Lord, whither shall I go that I may find ore to molten, that I may make tools to construct the ship after the manner which thou hast shown unto me? And it came to pass that the Lord told me whither I should go to find ore, that I might make tools." he really is focused on where to start. And he asks the Lord how to start at the beginning. And I think all too often we get really excited about the end result, the ship, Mm -hmm. the big miracle we want. Yeah. And we just ask the Lord for that. We don't ask what's my role in this or how can I receive further understanding, further light knowledge, further inspiration to get a little closer to have the capacity to welcome this miracle. Mm-hmm. We just are like, okay, I need a ship. Where's my ship? And now, don't you think this like idea of what a miracle is is sometimes misunderstood? Like, you think miracle means poof, here's yeah, what I want. Yeah, there's no possible explanation for how it could happen. <laughs> and sometimes, even I feel like that's the way it is in my mind sometimes. Yeah. Where I'm going to ask for something and then, bam, there it should be. <laughs> that's right. a miracle. 
like with the pandemic, you know, everybody was asked to pray for a miracle and pray that it would end swiftly. Yeah. And then these amazing strides were made with the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And I've heard plenty of people be like, well, where's the miracle? How come it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, you might want to check what's going on in the world. <laughs> so he knew that he needed to start by finding ore to make tools. He didn't even ask, where can I find tools? Or <laughs> how, how can I build this without tools? Make, make this poof appear for me. And then ultimately, once he received guidance on where to find ore and was able to make the tools, he didn't just decide, okay, well, now I've got what I need. I'm equipped. Mm -hmm. I can make my own ship the way I want to. Yeah. I've seen some ships in my day. <laughs> I'm going to build a ship. And again, it's so easy for so many of us to quickly get a little confidence and a little knowledge, a little inspiration, and then jump to, well, I know I'm the one. Yeah. I got this job on my own. I'm the one making this money. I bought this house. I, you know, landed this position. I yeah. am the one responsible for this relationship. I had these kids, whatever it is, yeah. thinking that it's all you and forgetting that you still need to rely on the Lord to see it through. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned it last week with forgiveness and forgiving mm -hmm. my biological father. That was not something that could just happen overnight. So we talked a little bit about trusting in the Lord's timing, but also it was absolutely beyond my capacity. It was something that on my own, wouldn't have happened in a million years mm -hmm. and recognizing that the atonement gives you access to that power. It was the first step of just wanting to forgive him because yeah. it felt pretty good to just resent him yeah. to be angry. Mm -hmm. And that resentment actually can be pretty addicting. I mean, mm -hmm. so many people spend most of their lives resenting People, I mean, there's even people who resent people they've never met, who they've never known, politicians, celebrities, yeah. things like that. Yeah. So it can be really tempting to sit in that and stay there. Yep. But first I had to have that desire to even want to forgive. And then I literally was asking the Lord for the ability and the capacity to forgive. Mm -hmm. And then once I could feel that capacity increasing in me, I had to lean into it and not think, oh, well, I don't want to let him off easy. You know, I don't want to, okay, I can feel that I could forgive him, but maybe it'd be easier to just manipulate him a little and, mm -hmm. you know, let him feel it really, or, <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. You totally could have. Um, and so that for me was, was a real instance of, I had to, along every step of the way, I had to actively invite that miracle yeah. into, into my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like similarly for me, when I was waiting to uh, looking for somebody to marry. That was one for me that I would have, I guess if I was just going to ask for a miracle, I would just ask for, <laughs> I want to get married now. So <laughs> where right. is he? Where's my hubs? <laughs> where but, um, and I definitely did do that a lot of times, but that wasn't obviously that when I was praying just to find the person that I was supposed to marry, that didn't just happen. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff that even before I started going to like the singles ward and trying to actively meet people to marry, just building my testimony um, so mm -hmm. that it was really solid and figuring out things about myself, like what was important to me mm -hmm. and 
growing myself as a person so that I was an interesting person to be married to, I guess. Not like I'm saying right. I'm super interesting. I just mean uh, growing. I'll say it. You're super interesting. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I just mean, there's, rather than sitting around just waiting for you to just appear. Just adding bullet points onto your list of what I needed to be. Yeah. I was mostly just focusing on myself, honestly. I didn't yeah. really feel like I was focusing that much at all on like, what I would want specifically from a husband other than having a solid testimony. And that definitely wasn't a passive time in your life, like between going to college, mm -hmm. overcoming a lot of your own fears and, and some of the issues from how you were raised yeah. and, and getting more comfortable with being in your own skin. I mean, a lot of growth happened during that time. And so it was absolutely, you're absolutely right. It wasn't just waiting around for marriage and it wasn't, blaming the Lord or condemning the Lord because it wasn't happening on your time or, mm -hmm. or worrying about the, the timing of it. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the mindset that I got into because I was getting married on a later side in the, for people in the church right. was just that, how can I make myself into a person that I want to live with? Like, even if say hmm. it never happens for me mm -hmm. here, I was basically when I just set up my life so that if it didn't happen, I could still be happy. Yeah. Like having fulfillment in the gospel, fulfillment in a job, and fulfillment in just getting to know myself better. Looking for ways I could just sustain myself a little bit better in all respects, spiritually and physically. So right. that just doing that, honestly, was, I think, what set it up for me being able to be the right person for you. Right. And along those same lines, if I had settled, so there were, you know, a few people that I dated where I kind of had that inkling of, oh, well, I'm, you know, I might want to marry this person or this might be someone I want to marry. And thankfully, I did pray about it and it felt absolutely wrong. In one instance, without me even praying about it, I just felt a very strong prompting that I needed to end that relationship with that person. Mm hmm. And if I had been foolhardy and just thought, well, you know, maybe God has someone that's right for me, but really it's my choice and I'm just going to pick whoever I want. Mm -hmm. It could have been very easy, at least at the time, to ignore those promptings and ignore what God wanted and just settle. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, this episode isn't supposed to just be about dating know, and marriage, <laughs> but this is an important detail for a lot of people's lives that it's not a matter of just saying, well, I know I want to get married. So the Lord needs to just give that to me on mm -hmm. my terms and the way that I want. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't, then I'll just make it happen for myself. Yeah. But really being patient, waiting on the Lord and trusting in, in what he's doing in your life, still recognizing that your covenant path is your covenant path. And yeah. you're meeting your spouse is only one part of that. Mm -hmm. But the most important part, is with you every single day. It's you. Exactly. It's not like if you found someone that was a potential person you wanted to marry and it was a good person that was going to be a good match for the Lord's not going to tell you no if it's if it's the right thing. Right. <laughs> so you can pretty much rely on him if you're going to pray about any of those situations. You're going to get the answer that is the right, what he wants for you. And it doesn't mean that Everyone, you know, when we're talking about our situation, it was very specific in our patriarchal blessings that we were supposed to find a specific person that had been chosen for us. Yeah. 
which that was a whole debate I saw on Twitter this week, and I didn't want to get tangled up in it because I was like, eh, pearls before swine. But there were tons of people who were like, there's no such thing as soulmates. That's expressly false doctrine. I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. But anyway, that's a side pet peeve. I, know, I, I would have doubted that more actually before. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And then we were like, we <laughs> got married. Let me see your patriarchal blessing. Let me see your... Well, actually, it was while we were engaged. We got engaged, yeah. And it was, okay, well, bookends. <laughs> Pretty so specific. Matched up. Yeah. Match made in heaven, uh, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, baby. I woke up the baby. Okay. So housing and children are also another way. We've talked extensively about our housing situation. We don't need to go into much more detail about mm -hmm. that. But we've definitely seen uh, that those miracles were only brought about as we did whatever we could in the moment. We were not just mm -hmm. sitting around saying, bless us with housing and waiting <laughs> for God to make it happen. Um, specifically with children, the one that really comes to mind is with our third child mm -hmm. our now three-year-old daughter oh, how can we make this not be a 45 Super minute long. podcast essentially we were told at the start of that pregnancy like 10 weeks or so yeah um we they offered us to do some genetic testing through blood work and we thought oh yeah that sounds good we'd like to know what's going on mm-hmm and it came back positive for something called trisomy 13, which is akin to Down syndrome, but unlike Down syndrome where there's a good chance that the child will live a decently healthy life and, you know, I mean, not have um, problem-free, but will be able to live and, and grow. With trisomy 13, it's pretty much always fatal. And often the baby doesn't even make it out of the womb. So they usually die before they're born. And in instances where they are born alive, they most often only live for a few weeks to a few months. And then and there's like, like a life support. Yeah. Style. Yeah. With tons of life support and just um, really a fighting for their lives from the moment they're born. So with this medical understanding of what it was and what, you know, the results said our daughter had, we were really faced with a challenge to, I mean, we knew that we weren't going to terminate the pregnancy or yeah. anything. We, we were basically going to take it one day at a time, mm -hmm. but it was our responsibility to then figure out, well, how, how are we going to prepare and how, how can we prepare our minds and our spirits for whatever is going to happen? Because we have no idea what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And even accepting that if we asked for a miracle and asked for her to be born healthy, that that might not be the Lord's will. Mm -hmm, and exactly. That, that would, of course, be great. But if that's not what was his will, how could we still recognize his hand in our lives and, and not resent the outcome? Yeah. Spoiler alert. She was actually born completely healthy. Um, the doctors were all baffled because as we went to each ultrasound, yeah, they were like, Oh, she looks healthy. Her, you know, neck 
looks healthy or you know all the different things yeah. that they check there's a lot of physical things that could have been seen on mm -hmm. ultrasound She's, they were never seeing any of those not missing limbs her heart looks like it's fully developed yeah but all along they still were like well sometimes it still is hidden we still can't know for sure mm -hmm. and along in that time we asked all the you know members of our ward and everybody that we know to pray for us and it was incredible yeah to feel their prayers and to feel that strength yeah, well, a lot of the ones that, a lot of things that I've thought about as miracles when I was pondering what we we're going to talk about uh, tonight was were ones that you may not necessarily think of as miracles. like Right, not the larger. Yeah, obviously dramatic. with our daughters, that was a huge miracle. And um, that was probably the biggest that I've ever experienced in my life. Mm -hmm. um, but more regularly I've had things that I thought of as miracles that were smaller things. One that we have talked about before was when we had, I can't remember if it was when we had our fourth one or when we had our third one, we just outgrew our car. We had three kids in a, like a small sedan for a long time <laughs> and their three kids are all in car seats. So their car seats were like just rammed in into the back of a small civic with um like kind of crooked <laughs> stuff yeah they like, really they were not meant fit. to fit in there that was its own minute miracle <laughs> yeah <laughs> the fact that we could buckle them it would take you so long to just wrench in there to get the buckle through the two seats <laughs> anyway so <laughs> we needed a new car but we had more kids than we had income <laughs> yes. basically we didn't have the funds to buy another car really so we had budgeted out. We figured out what we could afford uh, to get for a loan. Mm -hmm. And it was a smaller amount. But we So we searched around for a used car that was bigger. So we finally find this one. And we go to meet the lady for it um, from Craigslist. And it was listed like a little bit higher than we were wanting to spend. But it was a car that would fit all our kids, etc. Seemed to be in really good condition. Good. the original owner. So mm -hmm. we're like, okay, let's go check it out. It was from someone that was near our, where we live. So we didn't have to drive like two hours to go see it and stuff right. like that. So anyway, met the lady and the car was great. Test drove it. We really liked it. And it was a good size. And we agreed to buy it. And so then I remember we went to the bank and we agreed to meet with her again later that day mm -hmm. to, um, to, pair and to take the car basically and then a few hours later i think it was just through a text message even it was she sent you a text message that said i want to take fifteen hundred dollars off the price of the car just yeah my boyfriend wanted me to charge the amount that i was asking yeah but after meeting you guys i really just want to take fifteen hundred dollars off yeah and it wasn't I like she was helps. it wasn't like she was super rich because <laughs> no, we met her she, she was, was a just a regular single, single mom. mom so it's not like she was it was nothing to her clearly that she and we hadn't the mentioned financial troubles or you know we i mean she didn't really know anything about us it yeah. was just out of the blue yeah so she just took that off there and i saw that as a miracle just, absolutely and a blessing for we'd been doing the things that we should Right, trying that. to be frugal, trying to stick to our budget. Exactly. There. So that was one. And then one that comes to my another one that comes to my mind is something that happens repeatedly to me. And it's whenever I'm having if I'm having an extra hard time and I just mm. pray to Heavenly Father for comfort for specific things or just for general things. 
the missionaries always come over. <laughs> it's not like <laughs> it's they amazing. always. It's not like they always come to our house like no. regularly. Yeah. And the first time it happened for me when I was when I was like fourteen or something, my younger sister had really bad asthma and she started having like bigger attacks when she was like. 12 or 11 and my mom didn't know what to do like she didn't she didn't know to, she needed to just take her to the hospital right away or mm -hmm. and we didn't have backups at home for her so she was having a really bad asthma attack to the point where her lips were like blue oh my god and my mom so my mom finally took her to the hospital and i was home by myself and i was like i said 13 or 14 and I was just home by myself, worried and stressed out about what was happening. It was before cell phones. So yeah. it's not like I could call them yeah. or text them. And so then I just thought I should just pray. So I, I prayed by myself at the house. And like five minutes later, knock on the door. And the missionaries were like standing there on the porch. <laughs> they couldn't come in because I was a teenage right, girl. Right. But they just talked to me for like 10 minutes on the porch. I don't even know if we talked about what was going on, but, and then they left and it was just like a huge signal to me. The Emily father heard my prayer yeah. and he was watching out for me. Yeah. And that's happened to me like tons of other times. Yeah. It's probably, yeah. Like half a dozen times, yeah. even just since we've been married. Yeah. It happened really like funny. three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. And it's, and you're absolutely right that they're never, we, we're not one of the, one of those houses where we're conveniently located no. and the missionaries can just drop just in by. whenever they feel like it just yep. for fun. I mean, yeah. really the only times that they come are usually the times yeah. that we've prayed them here yes. <laughs> or yeah. when we invite them and have an appointment yeah, or something, but the out of the blue drop-ins. Yeah. yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. So as to nutshell, <laughs> Your favorite. as you like to call, <laughs> call it, uh, the, variety of miracles that can happen in our lives are so wide and the way that they come into our lives are so varied and there's no pattern there's no if you just do this you'll receive a miracle and there have been plenty of times that we could have talked about where we did ask for things that were righteous but it wasn't the lord didn't see fit to bless us with it mm -hmm. in the way that we asked mm -hmm. and um of course there are times where you ask for things that after the fact you realize aren't quite as righteous or aren't quite as well thought out. No. They're more ridiculous and humorous and um, narrow-minded or short-sighted, myopic, one might say. <laughs> but you didn't realize that in the moment and you still asked for them. Yeah. So we're going to get into some of those. But first, we need to go to a quick commercial break for, from our new sponsor. <laughs> Have you ever felt like... You wanted a miracle and you wanted it now. Well, not to worry, folks, because Show Me Assigned Distributors is here to help. Go ahead and take a listen. Are you tired of waiting around for miracles in your life? Do you feel you're entitled to more miracles than you've received? Do you expect everything to be easy? Well, now it can be. Introducing Show Me Assigned Distributors. With Show Me Assigned Distributors, you can request any miracle from the comfort of your home. Simply download the Show Me Assigned app on any tablet or mobile device and begin demanding your every whim. Want a job that isn't right for you? Show 
Show me a sign can help. Want a relationship with someone who has no interest? Destroy their agency with show me a sign. Want people to respect you without any sign of personal growth or development? Let show me a sign show them who's boss. Miraculous! And for a limited time only, you can gain access to our deluxe streaming service. Watch a live feed of everything you demand being enacted from the comfort of your sofa. No Wi-Fi or faith required. Download the app today. Show me assigned distributors because real miracles don't come easily all right you better start making those demands right away <laughs> don't mess around with those real miracles <laughs> so times that we have asked for miracles that weren't quite according to the will of the lord we could go on for hours but mm-hmm. let's just talk about a few uh one that has been a repeat over the years is Asking or hoping to be able to move to places that uh-huh. weren't right fits, weren't really well thought out. We didn't really ask the Lord, where should we move to? We just looked at places and we're like, Can that we move to school? <laughs> Help us go now. <laughs> um, including Northern California, Oregon, Idaho, Utah. One of the more amusing ones was when we, on a whim, drove to stay the night in Fresno and feared for our lives. <laughs> we were trying to live close to our family. But... Yeah, it came from a good place. <laughs> yes. But we stayed in some super janky hotel that was, they were Bad like, part of town. don't leave any valuables in your car because cars are regularly broken into. <laughs> like if the hotel is telling you that, you know that things are pretty bad. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know what part of the town was nice. No, we had no idea. If there was a nice part. And um, our kids still, to this day, refer to it as that funky place, yeah, the funky scary room. Place. But yeah, the scary room that we stayed in. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So there were many bad attempts, failed attempts yep. to move or to find a place to move before we thought to ask the Lord. Yep. We were, yeah, we were wanting to move there without asking. Meanwhile, uh, people we were related to were praying that we wouldn't be able to move to them. <laughs> their miracle that <laughs> they were asking miracle. for. Don't let them move. <laughs> yeah, we come back. They're like, what would you think of it? Like, we didn't like it. Good. I was hoping you would hate it there. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you for hedging up our ways. Unnamed family member. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. That was a funny one. Um, another great one has to do with housing. This is a story we have not yet told. Mm-hmm. We, at the time, were trying desperately to get out of that little apartment we were in before we were in our current place. Mm-hmm. We, that had had one, the, we had one kid and we were expecting yeah. the second one. And the place with the toilet that backed up and all that. For yep. those of you who have been listening for a while. Yep. <laughs> and we heard about this place that was just a couple blocks over from where I worked at the time, the school that I worked at. We knew it was a sketchy neighborhood, but we were still interested because we wanted to just get out of the place we were in. And so we met, went to meet the landlord. He happened to be a local pastor, was one of those real schmoozy, smooth-talking yeah, guys. he was. And we absolutely fell for it. Schmoozed us into it. The place was not great. It was actually really small. It was this strange split level thing where 
you enter and then there's a hallway that has a kitchenette on one side of the hallway and then go upstairs and then essentially two bedrooms and a bathroom. Yeah. But it's like above a garage or something. Yeah. But shared housing with other, you know, connected shared walls mm -hmm. with other rentals. That guy lived just a few streets over in the neighborhood. He was not somebody that you should trust. No. And was charging way too much. Anyway, each of us on our own <laughs> felt really unsettled about it. But like idiots, <laughs> and some of you newly married couples will identify with this. We really didn't want to disappoint our spouse. Yeah, I thought you were really excited. Yeah, about and it. I thought Amber was really excited about it. So we didn't say anything. <laughs> so we signed the dang contract with this guy, even though we both felt like uh, we'd gotten worried kicked in the gut. Yeah, yeah, worried and stressed out. <laughs> Until after we signed it, we go home and then finally confess to each other. I didn't want to sign that contract. Yeah. So thankfully, through the powers of canceling a check before someone can cash it, <laughs> we were able to worm our way out of that yeah, contract, we even though he had It had some us... funky things in it that weren't really yeah, on the up and up. Yeah, scam so... central by that guy. No surprise, Pastor. <laughs> Pastor Dan, if you're listening, shame <laughs> on you, Pastor Dan. Shame on you. <laughs> We'd also told the place we were living at that we were moving to. <laughs> yes. And so then, like, we had told, given them our two weeks or whatever we needed. Maybe it's a month for that. Yeah, we, we were really called our own bluff. It, and then we called them back. We're like, can we stay? And they were really excited because they liked us. But we lucked out. <laughs> we were almost homeless. <laughs> we, yeah, we definitely were not involving the Lord in the ways that we should <laughs> we have. And not. even when he was trying to involve himself. Yeah. We were trying to ignore. So we basically that's a, had to send like a lightning bolt down to us. Right. And then we brought it up with each other. Because... Yeah. So lesson learned for you couples out there. Talk <laughs> to your spouse. Yes. Although that was a great learning experience because ever since we've, we've never even come close to that. We're always so much more yeah, honest, honest about, that. about that. And well, I'm feeling funky, but I am too. Or yep. whatever. So we learned was, a lot from that. That was a nice baptism by fire. Mm-hmm. And the only other one that, for me, I mean, maybe, I don't know if you have others, but the only one that comes to mind for me is several times where I've fallen for these glamorous-looking jobs that yeah. seem like, oh, man, what a great change of pace, and then started pursuing it until that warning voice came, and it was like, oh, this isn't right. Um, a couple of the more humorous ones were, almost became a corporate headhunter, <laughs> which probably you, wouldn't have been a great fit funny. for me because yeah. I hate everything job about that's corporate funny. life. It's you doing that job. Yes. It was a company that they were like, every, we want to be part of your life. We want every social thing we do together. We're friends and coworkers. I would have hated that. We're like antisocials. I don't yes. Another one was being an education consultant, but based in San Francisco. And we are not in San Francisco. No. We're in Santa Cruz County, California. Mm -hmm. So to... Oh, I was getting a text. Sorry. So it would have been a miserable commute, and I was still considering it because I was like, oh, well, it pays this much money. And interestingly enough, the job that I was able to get that I now have had the exact same starting salary. Yeah, so it's here. that was the temptation, was the money, and yet the Lord had a better plan available to us that didn't require the long commute. I have a 20 minute commute now. Yeah. 
anyway, um, yeah, and then of course education positions around the state in some really janky towns, such as Fresno or Stockton mm-hmm. or other places where we would have just been miserable if we had moved there to take the job. Yep. Do you have any others? Um, some of my other ones are just silly ones, like lots of times in the middle of the night when I'm deliriously awake with a baby, yep. I'll often pray they'll just go back to sleep and stay <laughs> asleep for the night. <laughs> and it almost never happens. It's a worthwhile it's a depressing goal. One. <laughs> we have, especially with this one, this baby is a tough oh, sleeper. Gosh, so, yeah. Anyway, that one's not it's surprising. It's like a prayer in vain. It's yeah. kind of one of those threatening prayers, too, that you do where you're like, if you don't give me this, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to be happy with you. <laughs> but that's... How's that working out for you? Not great. It's right. <laughs> probably Lesson why he doesn't sleep. <laughs> Punishment. I was like, well, he was going to get over being an uh, intermittent sleeper, but now I'm going to give him some teeth. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've learned God is a God of miracles, but not when they are selfish and delirious in the middle of the night yeah. <laughs> and unrealistic. <laughs> I no, I mean, I think that, you know, going back to the beginning where we're talking about the pattern of inviting miracles into your life. Again, there are so many situations where you hear about people who had plenty of faith. They were living righteously and mm-hmm. they had righteous desires and it didn't come to fruition for whatever reason, we can't always know. And so I, I don't ever want to imply that, you know, if if you have a righteous desire, a righteous miracle, and it doesn't happen, that's on you. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's there's no one way to receive a miracle. Yeah. And there's no um, guarantee that a miracle will happen. And that's what makes them so exciting and what can make you so grateful when they when they do happen. Um, and I remember you saying you remembered uh, general visiting authority one time in our state conference saying, if you're not seeing miracles every day in your yeah. life, you're not looking hard enough. Yeah. And that's a pretty sobering thought. It is. So sometimes it's easy to see those bigger ones like when we mentioned with our daughter. Yeah. But those smaller ones are just as miraculous and just as important. And maybe if that's something that's hard for you to see, you feel like you're not receiving miracles into your life or you don't see miracles, you don't see the Lord's hand. Yeah. Maybe that's just the miracle that you need to be praying for is to have eyes to recognize them and to see them. Mm -hmm. Because of all the ones that we've talked about that we've included, it's just a drop in the bucket. Oh yeah. There have been so many. And there's plenty that we've I'm sure didn't notice. And exactly. (laughs) Plenty that we know about and then so many more that we don't even Yeah. Because when he said that I thought, well I don't know if I see them every day. But it did bring it to my mind to try harder to notice right to recognize them yeah well before we close out just a quick update on the great troll of our uh doxing i took it into a phase two today and followed a bunch of accounts with my full uh full first name and last name doxed account so some of you listening may have seen that may have seen me pop up todd michael if you have Shh. It's still a secret. Kind of. <laughs> not really. Yeah, there's like half a dozen of you who already knew my name, so it's it's not that great of a secret. But um I'm going to see I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to troll with that account. 
pretend that I'm not myself for as long as I can <laughs> until someone accuses me publicly. Um, those of you, again, who listen, thank you so much for listening. And please do let us know who you are because it's fun to know. And if you know how to, please leave us a positive review. Hmm. I don't really know how that works, that. <laughs> <laughs> but I hear it helps. <laughs> so if you've listened to, you know, one or more episodes, you've enjoyed it, go ahead and leave a positive review. We are not actually, I make all my jokes with hashtag priestcraft on Twitter. We're not actually, not actually trying to do this to make money or for any fame or anything, but it is fun and enjoyable to know that other people are inspired or helped in some way by us rambling. So. Yeah. If it can help more people discover it, that would be great. Any last thoughts? Any other things you want to include? I think I'm good. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Thanks again for listening. Thank you. And next week, we'll probably close out our series on letting God prevail with part three. Um, but I'll leave you wondering what we'll focus on then. Or wondering if we know what it is. Or if we've decided ourselves. <laughs> the mystery continues. All right. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye.